1: Before we begin today's episode, I want to note that the views expressed in this series do not necessarily reflect the position of KEXP as an organization.
2: Our role as artists is to be like mirrors, reflecting what's going on around us. We are Sonic historians, as musicians. Every medium
3: has its own role in documenting the story.
1: I'm Isabel Lee and this is Palestine Amplified, a four-part series exploring the Palestinian struggle through music. In the first two episodes, we talked about connections between different movements for justice and how music has been used as a tool in these movements. Today, we're discussing the role of artists. In the case of Palestine, I've seen artists contend with difficult questions publicly, like what it means to have a platform in times of global catastrophe, especially when that catastrophe is being downplayed by some of the most powerful outlets and institutions. I've seen artists and cultural workers using their platforms to educate, to collectively grieve, and to make space for joy and healing. In this episode, we're going to hear from some of those artists, We'll discuss the ripple effect of speaking out, as well as the attempt at silencing these conversations. This is the music of Alsara, the Sudanese musician we met in the first episode. She contributed one of her songs to the BDS mixtape, showing global artists' solidarity with Palestine. I think as artists, it's our job to paint a more
2: complete picture of the world and the moments we're living through because the legacy we are left with in terms of the written word, especially the one that comes out of institutions, is usually of a history written by winners, people who are trying to retell a story, leaving out very important sections of it. As artists, part of our job is to hold down our truth, because there's multitudes of truths, and it's important
1: to have all of them so we don't end up with just a one-sided story. Artists can face pushback when they're perceived as getting too political. But for people like Alsara, there isn't a choice. Her Sudanese identity automatically positions her story as political. The people who can afford to make choices that to them don't seem political, they don't see
2: the ramifications of it. Whereas for me, going outside is already a political setup. You know, walking down the street is a political interaction going through any border, through any point. We, we cannot have concepts like people's right to self-determination and people's rights to movement and people's rights to staying alive being something that's
1: controversial. Like, I don't want to live in that world anymore. Ejoma Aluo also points out that
4: art is inherently political. It's storytelling.
1: Ejoma is a Seattle-based writer and speaker on issues of race and identity in America. She wrote the bestseller, So You Want to Talk About Race, and her newest book is Be a Revolution.
4: Any honest story is going to be political because the control of narrative and story is a prime tool of oppression. And nothing is more powerful than an authentic story. And whether that's something you're painting, you're dancing, you're singing, you're writing, to say that we are not supposed to be political is wild to me because it is that very politic in art that hits your heart and your soul, that has you responding, that has you loving art in the first place. And artists are human beings. We live in the world. Why would an artist be less qualified to speak on this than anyone else? We're all impacted by the world. Our votes, our dollars, you know, our identities are all being used to justify ethnic cleansing and genocide. Why wouldn't we use what we have at our disposal?:
1: And the tools available to artists are some of the most powerful.:
4: Music can really encapsulate something deeper than words. Whether that music has lyrics or not, you know, that feeling inside of us, it creates connection. Hearing it sung, hearing it illustrated on every emotional level in the way that only music can, lets you know that you're not alone. And that's so vital in these times. My whole life, when I think about movements, when I think about really dark, hard times, I often think about the music that tells the story of it, you know, and I think about a song like Mississippi Goddamn, right? The name of this tune is Mississippi Goddamn. And I think about Nina Simone grabbing her gun when she heard about the bombing of the church and her husband telling her no you're a musician do what you do best write about it and writing a song that illustrates that rage and anger and heartbreak so deeply hound dogs on my trail school children sitting in jail black cat cross my path i think every day is gonna be my last
1: Here's Nina Simone herself talking about her duty as an artist.
4: An artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. And and at this crucial time in our lives, when everything is so desperate, when every day is a matter of survival, I don't think you can help but be involved. Young people, black and white, know this. That's why they're so involved in politics. We will shape and mold this country, or it will not be molded and shaped at all anymore. So I don't think you have a choice. How can you be an artist and not reflect the time?
5: When artists speak, especially as a collective, they carry a certain moral clarity.
1: We met Samir Eskanda in the first episode. He's a Palestinian musician based in the United Kingdom. He works with organizers across the UK, Europe and North America to advocate for justice for Palestinians. His focus is solidarity in the arts and cultural spheres.
5: The absolute majority of Palestinian society, including artists and including musicians, have long called on international artists to take a very specific form of solidarity in their struggle. And that is to end complicity with Israel's regime of apartheid. And when we talk about ending complicity, you know, this is not an abstract.
1: Samir explains one very specific form of complicity is when artists perform at venues in apartheid Tel Aviv.
5: And some of those venues have actively celebrated when Israeli forces have massacred Palestinians. To give you one example, there is a club in apartheid Tel Aviv called Barbie. And this club is a place where some international artists have played over the years. And you can go on their Facebook page today, and you can find a post from July 2014, when Israeli forces were again massacring Palestinians in the besieged Gaza Strip. And what Barbie had done was get special T-shirts printed up. These T-shirts printed on them in bold capital letters, fuck you, we're from Israel, and the club's logo. Now, they they drove down to the south of Israel, and they handed these t-shirts out to armed, uniformed Israeli soldiers, and they they posted with the caption, we wanted to do this to pamper our soldiers. That very day, an Israeli airstrike hit a building where dozens of Palestinians were sheltering, and many were killed. So that's what we mean when Palestinians talk about the profound moral obligation to end complicity with Israel's regime of apartheid. Right now, doing nothing is hurting Palestinians.
1: One of the groups Samir works with is Artists for Palestine, UK. They recently launched a letter signed by more than 4,000 artists, actors and writers. The letter not only calls for a ceasefire, but also for justice and accountability.
5: There is symbolic power in in coming together in your thousands and saying, we cannot be silent. That has a real symbolic power, but it it has meaning as well. You're actually saying that in these cases we will no longer allow our music, our art be used to whitewash apartheid. Not only that, but when artists do speak out, they help to uplift Palestinian experiences and what is happening to Palestinians, including in besieged Gaza, to, to wider audiences that may have not been exposed to this previously. So, for example, when Kid Cudi and Kelly Uchis and many, many others. Thousands of musicians joined the Musicians for Palestine statement. They're helping as well to engage and inform their own followers and fans about Palestine and about our peaceful call for accountability. So it's really crucial, I think, that artists do speak up.
1: It's important to note that speaking up in support of Palestinians has always carried risks. We've seen that in Congress, Hollywood and universities, and also here in the music industry. According to Resident Advisor, musicians have lost professional opportunities and been deplatformed because of what they've shared on social media about Palestine. This includes artists like Nicholas Jar, Maher Daniel, Arabian Panther and DJ Zeynep. Still, this hasn't deterred many artists from acting with moral clarity.
5: I think everybody knows that to take a stand against the status quo can come at a cost. You may argue that if there's no cost to taking a principled stand, then maybe you haven't gone far enough. I've heard of cases where musicians have lost gigs, lost concerts, including in the US. But these are far outweighed, I would say, by the sheer scale and number of artists who are now speaking up I've been following and working on solidarity with Palestinians in the arts world for years, and I have never seen so many musicians and filmmakers and painters and writers coming out to take these principled stands, and it is moving. At the same time, if musicians are facing any type of censorship or intimidation for speaking out, I think it's really important that they know that they're not alone. It's not the first time. Sadly, it won't be the last time it happens to somebody. And there is a movement out there that can support them.
1: Ijoma also believes that when we speak out together, we lessen the risk for everyone.
4: If you're afraid to speak out, part of the reason why you're afraid to speak out is because other people are afraid to speak out. And the more people who speak out, the more people openly talking about it, the less they can be firing people and saying their views are too extreme, right? Every time that someone speaks out, you're giving another person courage to.
6: My feeling is that there is no neutrality when we're faced with oppression and tyranny. This is
1: Sunny Singh, one of the musicians we heard from in the first episode.
6: If oppression, tyranny, occupation, literal impending genocide right now, unfolding genocide right in front of us, if that is what is normalized, like if that is what the status quo is, there is no neutrality, right? To say I'm going to stay out of it and I'm just going to vibe with my music and not interject, not intervene, that's complicity. That's a form of apathy to me. And I think that apathy and complicity gets hidden by words like, oh, it's about unity and love. Oh, it's about both sides. It's about, you know, I don't want to take a side, you know, all the ways that I think I, I, that we hide behind the reality of the situation. And those are other forms of, of complicity, in my opinion.
1: Sonny co-produced and contributed his music to one of the BDS mixtapes. The series began in early 2023 to bring together musicians who support the boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. The goal is to pressure Israel to comply with international law and universal principles of human rights. It has already featured dozens of artists expressing solidarity with Palestine.
6: I think especially for musicians and artists here in the United States, like we have such a powerful role to play given our own government's key role in what is unfolding in Gaza in in this moment. Our government has a hugely important role, a critical role. This couldn't be happening. This war on the people of Gaza could not be happening without our government's complete backing, military support, narrative support, right? Helping to create this narrative of Israel as the always victim, even when all the facts show us something very, very different. And so it feels like a responsibility. I do believe more and more musicians are are realizing that. And I've been pretty inspired to see more and more folks speaking up, educating themselves and plugging in.
1: I think part of the reason we're hearing more artists speaking out is because of the examples they're setting for each other.
6: I can share that in the last several weeks. It's felt like, uh, you know, I'm not like, again, I don't have millions of followers. I'm not playing like gigantic venues with tens of thousands of people in them. But I have a lot of different platforms, I facilitate a lot of trainings, I do speaking engagements, and I play a lot of shows with my own band as well as with Red Barat. For me, it's felt like an obligation that in all of these spaces, where it's not named to be a conversation about Palestine, that I bring it into the conversation in some way. And I've only had people thanking me afterwards. When we speak truth in our platforms, we inspire other people to do the same. Speaking truth is infectious and we grow this movement together.
1: Here in Seattle, musicians have banded together to make their voices louder. Back in October, local musician Brian John Appleby organized the Seattle Band Stand with Gaza Benefit Show. As he was following the news of constant bombardment in Gaza, he says he wanted to do something besides posting on social media. His skills as an independent artist helped him to do that.
7: As independent artists, we have sort of accidentally taught ourselves how to become organizers. And there's a whole toolkit of skills, be them social or technical, that are at our disposal that we can use in ways that connect people with a purpose greater than our own egos. Knowing that I can use what I've learned you know, I've booked tours for myself. I've organized shows. I've gotten comfortable talking into a microphone in front of hundreds of people. I've built these deep communities and connections, and oftentimes those folks are really like-minded in their desire to see a world that's better than the one we have.
1: Another one of those folks is Blake Madden, who also performed at the Seattle Band Stand With Gaza show. He leads the musical project Hotels and plays with Seattle vocalist Audra Boo. Blake speaks to why participating in this show felt important to him as a Jewish person.
7: We want to make our voices heard because people are trying to convince you over and over again that Israel is Judaism and Judaism is Israel. And there are a lot of American Jews who are like, Hell no, don't say that about me, not my name. And of all the different little things I do, I thought this would be one of the easiest things I could do to say not in my name, you know, be a part of this specifically for Palestinian people and children.
1: The show took place at the Clockout Lounge here in Seattle and featured acts like Byland, Arthur James, Freddie Lee Toyota and Shayna Shepard.
7: You see these mass demonstrations, and you see all these brave acts of resistance from folks like the Jewish Voice for Peace and so many others. And those are inspiring, but they can feel really far away. It's different than seeing some of your friends and people from your own community.
1: Brian decided to turn the Seattle Bandstand with Gaza benefit show into a series that happens with some regularity,
7: so that it's it's not just a flash in the pan and, and then onto the next movement or the next thing in your feed.
1: There was a second show back in December, and there are at least two more planned for 2024. I've seen a number of other benefit shows announced in recent months across the country. Some of the artists playing shows like these are Bikini Kill, Nick Hakim. Claro, Mustafa, Faye Webster, Stormzy, and many more. To conclude this episode, I wanted to turn the mic to some of these artists who have expressed solidarity with Palestine. I've asked them to answer one question. What is the role of artists in liberation movements? We start with Huda Asfour, the Palestinian composer and musician we met in previous episodes.
8: There is a lot of fear that needs to be overcome and a lot of fear that needs to be faced and a lot of harsh realities that we need to confront to actually understand how to deal with them. There's a lot of beautiful things happening. There's definitely a new wave of awakening. But I am afraid that we're still thinking that this is about Gaza or about Palestinian rights or about, you know, like people are now basically talking again about the concept of from the river to the sea, about the idea of what it means to liberate Palestine. And all these things are being completely taken out of context. For me, it feels that I have a responsibility to remind people that, as Palestinians, claiming the, the right to go back to, you know, not a distant uh, history. This is my grandfather's house st- sitting in Akka there, right? Still there, actually. The idea that, you know, I'm watching my father's hometown being completely wiped off the map. The people, the casualties, the terror, all of this... And what people are hearing still is that we want to annihilate like the Jewish people. Well, First of all, my problem is not with the Jewish people. My problem is with an occupier that is forcing me to leave my land, literally, so that they can stay there. And they're saying that there's only room for one of us. And we're saying that there is room for all of us. So for me, at this point, it seems that like the most urgent message is to clarify this, to, to put some context, to create a little bit of a historic reference from personal stories and to keep reminding people that what is happening in Gaza is only a message for us here in the U.S. first and all around the world. Fascism, you know, doesn't really care for, for, for them. We're all disposable at the end of the day.
1: Hey, my name is Raheel, and I'm an Iranian-American musician based in New York. Raheel is a member of the band Habibi, and in 2023, she released her first solo album, Flowers at Your Feet.
3: When the ones departed, leave me empty-hearted. And the sun keeps shining, she speaks. She says the days continue. I think that musicians or artists, for that matter, all artists, have a very unique relationship to how they greet. I am moved more by the feelings, the negative feelings, to channel constructively through my art practice. When I do these things, when I take time to talk about Palestine, for instance, on stage, it is not out of an obligation, right? It is more because it's how I feel. Before you think of duty, sometimes you're already moved because it's a matter of the heart and it's a matter that's of great importance to you on a personal level. So when I am sharing about topics on stage that make people uncomfortable, like Palestine, Israel, I'm not doing that because I am going there thinking, hey, Rahil, you have this duty to talk about this. I'm going there talking about it because it hasn't left my mind. I haven't stopped thinking about it. And to not share something while being as vulnerable as you are on stage sharing your music, it just doesn't seem... True to yourself, true to myself, and so that's why I speak.
0: Salam, mom, tutorial. How long since we had
3: a You have to I miss you. And days pass real easy. Jump, 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 jump. Look, we're nine, nine, nine now. Rani, your
0: head
3: is on the way, huh?
6: Hi, my name is Natasha el and I'm from the band Some Surprises in Seattle.
1: Natasha's band Some Surprises played in the second installment of the benefit show, Seattle Band Stand with Gaza.
6: Art can help you examine the oppressive forces both within and outside of yourself and give you the tools to resist that kind of oppression. And in a practical sense right now, I think Artists have an obligation to be using their platforms to express solidarity with Palestinians in Gaza who are being ethnically cleansed from their land in a continuation of a brutal occupation that's been going on for 75 years. The more people who are raising up their voices, the more likely they are to be heard by people who can actually make a change and end the horrible things that are going on.
1: Ana Tijoux is a Franco-Chilean rapper who was also featured on KEXP's El Sonido podcast. I think the role of an artist is to have the possibility to make a collective and create community. In 2014, Ana collaborated with the Palestinian artist Shadia Mansour. Their song, Somos Sur, emphasizes the solidarity of all people who have been oppressed and silenced.
0: always has been like, inspired by so many artists that have been compromised with history and social movements. And I think everything is political at the end. They want to make us think that we can't, that we can't. And in this world of individuality today, I think collective is always the key. This is our force, this is our power also. So I will say today, in this hour, during this genocide in Palestine, we got to stand up as humanity and as artists all around the world.
8: Hello, my name is
1: Lido Pimienta. Lido Pimienta is an Afro-Indigenous Colombian artist who is now based in Canada. She was also featured in an episode of KEXP's El Sonido podcast.
0: I think real artists are always going to be vessels which movements and feelings and sentiments will be traveling through. Being an artist is about action. It's about really being a reflection of those songs that you write or those paintings that you paint, um, which is so important when we see people that are standing by what they represent. It's not the easiest road. It is the hardest road to be in sympathy and in the vibration of, helping and using our voice to to lift people up that are being oppressed it's hard it's hard to talk about this and try to keep composure because i'm colombian but i live in canada and and i know what it is to be a settler by a citizenship so as canadian i know that you know my comfort comes at the expense of indigenous first nations people in what we know as Canada, otherwise known as Turtle Island so for me personally to stand idle in Palestinian liberation it doesn't feel good, Um, it's cowardly and even though I can understand why a lot of artists opt out because it is a big machine, a very powerful machine, the propaganda (sighs) And the fear of being titled anti-Semitic is, is is very real. I also don't understand why so many artists that are so rich and are so powerful don't say anything. <laughs> so yeah, it, it it even though it's a beautiful thing to see the world standing together for countries like Sudan, Congo, Palestine. It's enraging when so-called artists are not doing anything with their power. And it shows their motives, which is always attached to money. I think that's the most important thing is we live our life not just for ourselves. I live my life knowing that there will be generations to come, knowing that my three kids are going to live in a world that I will leave behind for them.
6: Para pude
8: adivinar,
0: que sentir, en tus balas. The United States is such a complicated place because it's the, the birthplace of so much beautiful art and examples of liberation movements. But it is also the root of what seems 99.9 problems in the world. And when I see all this non-black, non-Caribbean artists appropriating black, brown culture to make themselves rich, not even raising their voice for this issue, it just shows how cowardly money makes you. How power... How capital makes you have no backbone. But the world is watching and I'm clinging with all of my strength that I have left as a mother to hold on to that feeling of togetherness worldwide. And I really, truly hope with all of my heart, that I get to live to see a free Palestine. Because if this doesn't stop now, it's going to continue. This experiment is going to continue and it's going to hit more indigenous people worldwide. And as a black, brown, indigenous woman, if I don't use my voice, even though it is very scary, I'm never going to know that I did my absolute best to ensure my children and the children of my children live in a world that is just from Congo to Colombia to Mexico to Nicaragua to Chile to Ecuador to El Salvador to all of colonized countries and colonized people to be free.
1: In the final episode of this series, we're going to explore the concept of joy as an act of resistance.
6: If we don't have hope, if we don't have joy, if we don't have the fortitude to hold our heads up high, then we're slipping into apathy, right? And apathy does not inspire action. Joy and hope inspires action.
1: Palestine Amplified, the miniseries, was written and produced by me, Isabel Khalili, with editing support from Roddy Nikpour, Dusty Henry, and Larry Mizell Jr. Audio was mixed by Roddy Nikpour, who also contributed original music. Many interviews have informed this series, and I want to thank everyone for sharing their time and perspectives with me, specifically Huda
6: Food, Sunny Singh,
1: Wendy Ali Shaba Summerson, and Sarah Ijoma Uruo,
6: Shame
7: Eskanda, Tori Johnston, Kevin Sir,
1: Sabrinada,
7: Brian Appleby, Blake Mann,
1: Salma al-Aswad, and the many folks at KEXP who have supported the project. On that note, the views expressed in the series do not necessarily reflect the views of KEXP as an organization. I hope you'll join us for the next and final episode of Palestine Amplified. Thanks for listening.